So back at it again for another one. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. And as always, I go by the name of Domino. And uh, today, I do have co-hosts. Uh, they are not in the building with me. My kids are here somewhere on G's property, you know, enjoying life and all that good shit. So shout out to my man G for uh, providing, I guess, some uh, services that I'm not paying for. Babysitting Babysitting and shit. Shout out to, shout out to G. Yo, this nigga do it all. <laughs> but... I have co-hosts, and also I do have a guest, with, with, which I am never without. So we have the uh, arts program manager, if I'm correct, for yes. the Connecticut Office of the Arts. Yes. Special programs coordinator. We have Adrian. <laughs> How do you have my whole Yo, relax. I, I do this. <laughs> so we got Adrian Jefferson in the building. What's up, everybody? How you doing? I'm great. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting you to know my whole um <laughs> Listen, I'm I might say some shit that you don't like oh, gosh. how do you know that? But you know, it, we gonna You do your research, I see. I do a lot of research. Best I'm with it. Best interview in the state. All right, I'm with it. All right. So I didn't even know I'm sitting here like learning so much. I didn't know this was the most controversial podcast. Yeah, I almost got sued one time. For real? Yeah, for uh defamation of character. Really? Yes. Yeah, so, so I don't think I've ever told the story. Maybe I have. I don't, I don't know. Hear it. So, um, I had a guest on one day, and um, he was divulging a little bit too much information. Where it took me like the in- the interview was maybe an hour and a half. It took me two days to edit everything that he needed to be edited out. He was talking about, you know, drug use and cocaine, and you mm. know, prostitute sex and all this wild stuff. And he was talking about his ex wife, and his ex wife happened to hear it. And he said some things in there that his ex-wife didn't like. And then she sent me an email like, yo, I'm going to sue you if you don't just ask the whole episode. I'm like... No, I'm not going to do it. You know, this this is my platform. What can she really do? I mean, if, if she, anything, he she would sue him. If she's going to sue me, what's she going to? She can't take nothing. Like I don't have anything. Right. So what are you going to do? But then you and know, clearly she didn't do it. I mean, after after a while, I talked to my co-host when I did have co-hosts at the time. It was like, yo, you know, just to avoid problems. And then I got mm-hmm. emails from him. I was like, yo, just take it down. I was like, all right, you know, so. It, w- it was down, but now it's back mm. up if you want to listen to it. I think it's like episode 39. Yeah, you know? I'd be curious to hear what got her so upset to I the mean, point where she was threatening suing you. One day I got to put out the unedited one if I find it. You know, that might be on my crash laptop. So I don't know. I wow. got to find the shit, but Okay, well now we know you are the most controversial. Yeah, you know, everybody don't like my opinion on their, on their music and stuff. So, you know, people, people mm. don't like me. I don't know. It's whatever. But uh, how's your day going? It's good. <laughs> like I told you, I'm hot. Like... 
I'm I'm really high and I mean, uncomfortable. We got, we got the AC going, you know. <laughs> no, it feels good in here. Accommodating. <laughs> Just to be clear, it feels real good in here. Outside is like definitely hot. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was it was one of them days. I didn't I didn't expect this when I woke up, but you know, had to turn on the AC. Had to put it on like 65, 60. You know, make sure I was cool and comfortable. Well, here's the thing. I don't like AC either. I like, I like a, AC. I'm so I'm so difficult. Yeah, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm like I like a good balance, like a good mix. Like I want to be outside, but it's warm and and cool. It's just like warm and not humid and sticky. Yeah, because I do like to I like to be outside. I just you know, yeah, and then so the like, cold air you get sick. Yeah. So you so you like a cool like 70, 75. Yes. You know, no humidity, just nice spring day. But you ain't gonna get too many of those in Connecticut. <laughs> so I don't know what you're gonna do. They have, some, they have some nice spots in Connecticut off the water that are cool. You, you got to cool go off breeze. the water. I'm talking about on land. Like, how many people go off the water? Okay, yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of people go to Seaside Park in Bridgeport, or they go to, you know, some some park or some beach, and it's like, all right, so they go there once, and it's like, what you do for the rest of the summer? But I'm a water person. I'm always by the water. Make the best of it. This Listen. is Connecticut. What are we okay. going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we love Connecticut. Word. So uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, I am there. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. For any comments, questions, or concerns, if you want your question answered in the what segment, you can reach me there. That's Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Also, thank you to everybody that has been a... Uh, sending in questions and stuff i just haven't had a chance today to go through them but i promise on my next episode i will be reading some of your questions um i saw something in there about a uh cheating baby daddy so i'm gonna i got you boo give my what opinion is that, on that question um you can't say that and not say what the question is let me see if i can find this shit uno momento um Cause I mean, if she got questions about a cheating baby daddy, it's just leave. <laughs> I mean, it's not that, that easy once you got kids involved. Yeah, it's kids involved, it's families, it's you know, you got the little ones, and you know, their I guess um, mm-hmm. representation of a family and love and stuff like that. And you don't want them to grow up in a dysfunctional household. I get that, but at what point? At what point is it that your happiness also comes first? When are eighteen? Do you? <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing, but I'm like, I don't know. Nah, but um, well, in regards to that specifically um i mean as long as mama's happy you know the kids should be happy but a cheating mm-hmm. baby daddy it, it depends on the circumstances of the cheating i, I mean I, I think one time can be forgiven if it's just like a habitual cheater then you gotta you gotta go right. you know if you know you just sat at home and you wondering where he at and you going through text messages and emails and you popping up on places with your friends and shit then mm-hmm. you know it's time to go but i mean if, if he did it once you know it was a mistake he was drunk you know y'all was fighting something something happened and one one time i could forgive is if it's like three four five then yeah that's different i, I don't agree. know boo i can't find a question <laughs> so it's fine yeah i so. was just curious you said that and it sparked my interest yeah yeah you can come back and uh we can answer some more shit okay that sounds good but um Let's just get into your business. Let's 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 get into why you're here and uh, what what it what what encompasses the Connecticut uh, Office of the Arts. Now, why is it that no one knew <laughs> of the Connecticut Office of the Arts until like a year ago, mm-hmm. two years ago? Like, what was the misstep? Who dropped mm. the ball? Where it's like getting this information out there to the masses of Connecticut? Mm, that's actually a really good and controversial question. <laughs> so I guess that is what you do. I, 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 um. So I am the first black young program manager ever to be in my role. Mm. And I've only been in my role for almost three years. Mm. So when I first got into the role, 
obviously, you know, we are a state agency, so we're public servants. We mm. are responsible for making sure we serve everyone in the state of Connecticut. Mm. And when I got into the role, I didn't see anybody, any reflection of what looked like me. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I wanted to see like, first you get into the role and you kind of dissect, you do your mm -hmm. research, you're taking a look at everything. You get the projects that they're giving you and you do those projects. But I really wanted to see like, where is it that we could start to really make an impact and reach people that look like myself mm -hmm. and make sure that we're being inclusive for people across the state. So mm -hmm. to answer your question, the reason you didn't hear about us is because there was no effort to provide access and resources to communities that look like us. Mm -hmm. Now, it's 2019, right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay, now, don't you think first African-American in anything is still crazy to hear it's in so 2019? Crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy because we've been around, I would say 60-something years. Mm. Don't quote me, it's like 65, 62 years. Right. The Office of the Arts has been in existence. We just had the first um, black director of culture. So the, the lady who hired me, right. Christina Newman-Scott, love her, my mm. mentor, she hired me and she had to open the door. And somebody had to open the door for her. She was the first black person in her role. And her wow. role was even higher than mine. It was over, you know, over the Office of the Arts. I'm a program manager in the Office mm -hmm. of the Arts. So I oversee specific programs and initiatives. But yeah, I do think it's sad. I do think yes. it's sad. But I'm glad that... But what it shows is that you have to give somebody an opportunity in mm. order to really start to create impact and change. And mm. they see that the way that they've been doing things just weren't working. And it was very old school. And it was very... It was not relevant to specific communities mm. so i think maybe now going forward if i were to ever you know leave the role when mm. i do decide to move on i hope that it will be a person of color in my place yeah but you're stationed in hartford so ain't that one of like the that's the capital first and foremost ain't that like one of the blackest towns in connecticut let me tell you what's so crazy <laughs> so in hartford it's actually more latino so oh, it's 43% okay. Latino and I think 14% black and then the rest is white. Didn't know that. What's crazy about that though is like when you think about arts and you mm. think about um, creatives and employing creatives in the state, 43% again, Hispanic, okay? Right. So that means it's like 60 something percent is white. 87% mm. of those white people occupy creative jobs. Wow. 4% only occupy, um, that are Hispanic, only occupy jobs. <sighs> That are arts related. So there's already, so it's, don't even get me started. It's right. all about the systems. Like this is just one system mm. that's inequitable. There's many systems. Most of the systems, the way it's based with oppression, it's just, it's just what it is. Mm. Okay. Now, what made you want to become a public servant? I want to say. I, I, I fell into this role. I didn't say... I want to work for the government. That was mm. never like <laughs> far from <laughs> that was, it. That was far from your plan. Oh, no. Yeah. Far from it. Um, I went to school. Um, I'm like, where do I start? Actually. So I've been a creative writer since I was the age of 13. 13. Um, and then from there I did like, cre um, started writing scripts and I was acting, doing music, all types of stuff. You started doing that when you were about 15, right? Yeah. I was about 15 years old. Okay. So I've always kind of followed that creative path mm -hmm. um, went to school um, Miami Florida, Florida Florida Memorial University went there for music music business and mm -hmm. I started doing like I was a talent agent on the Mark Mike Sherman show the W um, at the WB and then I, I did um, yeah Mike Sherman yeah. he's dope he's 
he was the first guy that hired me at 18. He was um, out here doing like the mic check show. And then he had this um, show where he would interview different like celebrities and get their story of how they got to where they were. Yeah, that he was did my an interview first with T-Pain, job. I like. Yeah. yeah. So you actually really do know yeah, Mike. Yeah. A lot of people don't know who he is because he's in Miami. Yeah. I'm cultured. Okay. <laughs> a little, hey. little, bit, little bit. Yeah. So that's, he gave me my first opportunity at 18. So mm. from there, I've just always been following, like I was a drama teacher. I was a music teacher. Mm. I um, was an executive director for the writer's block in new london um for a social change advocacy youth theater so mm. i've done a lot and this literally fell on my plate so as i was getting promoted at the writer's block i was getting promoted from senior director to executive director mm. just accepted the promotion and then somebody shot me an email and said you need to apply for this okay and i waited to the last day i wasn't gonna apply why not I feel like I had made it. Like, oh, I'm an executive director. Uh, like, when you're in a nonprofit world, that's where you want to get. There's nothing higher than executive director. Right. So I was just like, I'm I'm fine. I'm over here making change and impact. I've always been a person to serve the public, but I never considered myself. I just never thought about working for the government. Mm. So when I saw the job description, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely me. I can do it. I applied, but I didn't think anything of it. Mm. You know, end up interviewing and getting the job out of 150 people. Mm. So that is like, to me, that's just divine appointment look at god mm, look at, won't, listen, he do, won't he he will do it won't he <laughs> <laughs> so i'm definitely not bragging i just so sometimes i i'm even like okay how did i end up in this role and so for me i know i'm there mm. for a purpose like god wants me to make an impact while i'm there mm. and also i think it's a stepping stone for myself to be able to make impact maybe on a federal level or you know national or globally so for me, this is only where it begins. Right. All right. Now, the actual title of arts program manager, what does that mean? What does it mean in yeah. the state? Yeah, in the state, yes. <laughs> okay. So pretty much I, I'm over a lot of different programs. So you're literally managing different programs. Okay. You create different initiatives. So like I, don't, so I have Ready Talks and mm -hmm. Ready Music Conference and we have the Arts Workforce Initiative. Those are mm -hmm. all programs that I've created. Okay. And um, so once you create the programs, you have to manage the whole program. You have to produce it. You have to decide like what people do you want involved, manage the budget. So you're putting everything together to make sure it reaches the people. Mm. Okay. Now the acronym for Ready, who came up with that? That was you? No, actually, it's it's it was I inherited that from our strategic oh, plan. Okay. So we have a strategic plan, and within our strategic plan, we have a framework of ready, mm. which is relevance, equity, access, diversity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was when, and this again, this was before they even hired me, when my colleagues were looking at this idea of being more inclusive. Mm. They, want, they were like, what can we do? What initiative can we stand by that really starts to show the field that we are trying to be more inclusive? We are trying to be more diverse. Mm. And they came up with the acronym READY, which is kind of like a lot of people here, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even IDEA mm -hmm. um, is one. So they just wanted to do something very similar. So no, but I came in and then I owned it. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so how many programs have you created since you've been there in this three years? Oh, my gosh. A lot. A um, lot. <laughs> yeah. I've, so I inherited some programs, but most of the programs I've created are new. So I have, like, the Arts Workforce Initiative, which is a paid internship program mm. where we employ young people between the ages of 18 and 40 in jobs across the state, arts and cultural jobs. Okay. Um, so that was that was made from scratch. And there's no program like it in the nation mm. that's employing young black and they're not just black but they're, it's yeah. a mix but young diverse um, people who are trying to make it in the industry so we have that and then we have ready now mm. ready talks ready music conference all of that so i would say i've created five five okay yep five impressive 
you know, I've I've seen the the ready talks and I get the emails and stuff like that. I just haven't been able to attend because of my full time job. So you would love it. I know I would. I've been trying to go. I've been trying to get off work yeah. so I can go to one. But you know, for some reason, I just can't catch it. Or it's just on a off day where I can't really get up there. But you know, next one you got, I'm definitely there. I don't care if I got a call out or what. Okay. I don't even like my job to begin with. So what but. do you do? Oh, okay. That's cool. It's cool, but it's not what I want to do. <laughs> like it, when you. When you found your passion, yes. you know, anything else is kind of like, it's, and it's just repetitive and it's just mundane. You know, after a while, I, like, I could do it with my eyes closed type thing. Like, it's So just, what do you want to do? This. This, in yeah. A, in, inter- any, anything in entertainment, you know, I like acting. I like, you know, comedy. I like, you know, doing podcasts. I like radio. You know, any, anything that has to do with entertainment, just put me somewhere and I'm happy. That other shit where it's just like repetitive, the same thing every day, mm-hmm. the same task. I'm like. Nah, that's good it. to know this ain't it that you like to so you like to host too and like moderate um yeah i i, I host something on tuesdays but it's not really like hosting hosting it's just like you know i host like game nights in new haven but it's not right like really like like i would i would like to get on the stage and host some shit that's what like, i mean if you yes. had the opportunity to do it would you be open yes okay that's good to know yeah we're gonna talk about okay this. We, we, we <laughs> my mind about- is always racing <laughs> right. now um I met you at what the hell is the name? The Breed that, Weekend. That boom. See, that's why mm-hmm. you're here. Now I met you there and we talked for a quick second. And one thing that caught my ear was grants mm. and money. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically <laughs> so basically you you've helped fund a lot of these programs that people so a lot of different institutions come to the Connecticut Office of the Arts to get grant money. Right. And these aren't loans. These are these are grants. Yep. These are grants. So so we don't have to repay them. You don't. So what's the vetting process when it comes mm. to getting one of these grants? Because you know, for me, example, right, podcasting. Everyone has a fucking podcast. Mm. So it's like, so what's the difference between <laughs> someone that, you know, I've been doing this for three years. What's the difference between somebody that's been doing it for maybe like a couple of months and say, hey, I need a grant because I want to do this, that, and the third and. Mm. Yeah, there, there really isn't a difference. There's different programs that you okay. can go into. So, like, I have a program called the Reggie Grant Program, mm. which stands for Regional Initiative Grant Program. Okay. And prior to, I would say, a person like yourself with the podcast idea might mm. not have done so well in, in that grant program competing mm. with larger organizations who, again, have been around mm-hmm. and they do have, you know, like a track record or even artists who've been around and they have a track record. Maybe it would have been more competitive. But again, when we're talking about being more inclusive, I feel like you could have a way better idea than these people who've been doing it 20 years and been doing it wrong or the same way so So we needed to i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure you do so um the reggie program now is open to all types of like platforms curators um event planners podcasters Mm. i mean everything and you would do this is designed really for that the way we've redesigned that program Mm. so i think it just depends on who you depending on who you are will determine what programs will be a better fit for you to go into and have a more solid chance of receiving money because no matter what it's competitive right right now how many grants grant proposals get rejected (laughs) that's a good question um (laughs) Okay, so for a example, like no, but that's a that's a good question. So I would say again, like so with the Reggie program, which is mm-hmm. a grant program, we received a hundred in nineteen applications, mm-hmm. and I think we're gonna be able to fund forty six. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, forty six, yeah. Because of the budget, it all comes budget, down to a yeah. budget. If we had a bigger budget, and that's the thing, most of the applications are great. You mm-hmm. want to fund them all, but they get reviewed by a panel, uh-huh. um, which is subjective. Right. So I was, I was going to ask that is the 
acceptance in, I guess, the, how much money you can give mm-hmm. out based on the importance of that program? No, 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 no. no. It's just okay. based on what's available. Okay, got you. Because if, if somebody asks for $4,000, we actually don't want to fund them below that because it means mm. that they might not be able to make their project sustainable. Mm, okay. Yeah, so... Now... That's a good question. You, you can you can ask for four thousand dollars, but they don't necessarily have to give you four. That they can you know reach a proposal and say you need four thousand or you want four thousand. Now nah, you look like you need about eighteen hundred. <laughs> then, then you good. <laughs> we don't usually do that. It's usually what we like to see if if someone shows a budget, mm. right? You want to show why you need the four thousand, right? But yeah. if you're gonna ask for the four thousand, as long as your plan is solid, you'll get the four thousand. Mm. But what we like to see people do is, you know, you only need eighteen hundred, only come in for eighteen hundred, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's more likely that you might get the money because they see that you came in for a lesser amount and that the project is still doable. Okay. Now, when I went on a website for it, um, <laughs> you are so you do your research. I, I do this. <laughs> so, I don't know why I'm surprised because you have a whole show. You're supposed to do that. Duh. Yeah, I know. But I went on a website. Uh, website need a little work, but you know that's you they're know, working that, on it. It's government. It, yeah, you know it, it. It it comes as you know. No, it's government. It, it, it's so hard. It's, yeah, you don't even understand. Now, um, when I was looking at something with the grants or the uh, proposal for grants, it was I saw something. It was a. I think it's pronounced Arte and the Arts Endowment Fund. Yeah. All right. Now, I saw that the Endowment Fund gave over $75,000 really and Arte gave uh, 40000 Now, You mean for, per, per Well, now, all, all together. That, oh, that's, okay. So that's the Endowment is 750000 so, Yeah, over mm-hmm. 750000 And the other one gave out over 40000 Yep. So, yeah. So, now, someone like me, which one would I fit in or what? Which one would? Neither of those. Neither of those. Because those are for organizations. Boom. So for artists, I would point them in the direction of the Reggie grant that I just spoke about. Right. Which is, a that's what's great about that is an arts-based project grant. It's mm. not about you being an organization or anything else like that. The endowment is for organi- specifically created for organizations that raise a certain amount of capital. Mm. And then they, we, it's kind of like a program that awards them for raising that much money okay so then that's so that's a little different you can't come in as an individual but mm. reggie you can and then the project grants you can as well mm, okay. and then also the arts workforce initiative is gotcha. also a, a grant program although it's a paid job kind of mm. like workforce program it's still a, it's still a grant gotcha. and then i have a sponsorship program coming up coming in july up. and Enjoy. that's that's really just a sponsorship it's not even a grant program you it's like first come first serve as long as you can show you need the money you you pretty much get it, but you have to be like the first in line in your area. All right. So how do you apply for that? Is it through a website or? <laughs> yeah. So I've partnered with the arts. Co- Actually, this is an exclusive right now because ain't nobody know about this. Flex bomb right here. <laughs> the future domino. Drop all that shit right here. <laughs> I partnered, um, my office partnered with the Arts Council of Greater New Haven. Mm. So here's another thing that a lot of people don't know. There are local arts agencies that also do what the government does in your area mm. that should serve you. Through okay. the arts. Um, so we we have regional service organizations that are across the state that we partner with. Mm. One being the Arts Council of Greater New Haven, whom I love working with because they do have a great reach when it comes to artists. And they're looking to be more diverse and inclusive in their area. Okay. So um, I partner with them to grant them money to do to regrant money for a sponsorship. So okay. it's launching July, early July, July 8th, probably after the 4th of July. Okay. Um, if not, then a week mm. or so after, but definitely in July. Mm. And it's real easy. You would just, um, the flyer is going to go up and it'll show you where to send an email to. And mm. you literally would just fill out a quick email. Here's what my um, event is. Mm. So you do have to have an event that's happening within a three month time span. Okay. So it, it, we accept them on a rolling basis, but mm. 
the first three months, three months, and then three months is mm. when you can apply. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like quarterly. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's just first come, first serve. It'll be open to urban creatives only. So mm-hmm. areas like New London, Hartford, Bridgeport, Waterbury, Stanford, uh, New Haven can mm-hmm. can apply. Okay. Now, what are some tips that you can share to give someone that, well, someone that wants to put a proposal in that that will make it better, give them a better chance for it to be accepted? What tips can you give them? Well, I would say come with a plan, a solid plan and and detail in the plan. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to just. So I was looking through some applications the other day with people who applied and the people who do better is people who really go into the website and try Mm -hmm. to have understanding one of ready. Ready is relevance, equity, access, diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a person who is young and creative and black and whatever, you should, right. you already are ready. That's yeah. what you are. So really hone in on that. Talk about your environment. Talk about your area. Talk about your community and how you're reaching them. Like this podcast is reaching people, right? Yeah. It, it might be in a different way when people think about community. But to me, this is like, okay, this has reached. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like really make sure you're detailing those things that you're doing that are reaching people. Um, but don't be brief. Don't like just give a paragraph and think people are going to give you money. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. We want to make sure that you can actually be responsible with the dollars mm. because at the end of the day they're tax dollars right and like you pay taxes pay tax, I, back, yeah. I pay taxes yeah, and that's man. actually how we're able to even fund is we're using tax money mm. so we have to be responsible with it so i would just say do your research and don't just throw something together and then wonder why you didn't get the money mm. now what's the wildest proposal that's come across your yeah i say i really oh there's some stuff that's i see a some- lot of racist like i see a lot racist of racist stuff yeah not like directly, like rallies or no no nothing oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> no like, listen not like that stuff where people i'm gonna tell you it's just the concept that i think is wild so i don't think it's like the actual proposal right. but what you'll see is that people are just trying to meet the quota and so now that they know that we're doing like the equity and inclusion that's our focus you see them just talking about areas that really aren't that community driven that mm. really aren't that urban and you could see them just milking it in the grant application um <laughs> even the way and so what blows my mind is even the language that's used in the grants like mm. disadvantaged areas or underserved and like those words <laughs> bother me because mm. who says that black people or latino people or um, people of color are under like where are those words coming from i'm not gonna lie urban still bothers me <laughs> really Ur- little yeah bit. and i use it a lot <laughs> urban urban kind of bothers me tell like- me about that i'm curious it's because, like, when you hear urban, you know exactly what they're talking about. Mm. When you hear urban music, when you hear urban culture, it's like, no, it's, it's you know, you can say Spanish, you can say black, you mm. can say, like, urban, don't, you know, put everyone Boxes in this. Yeah, don't put everyone in the same I box think of it as urban, geographic, like, like, like urban, then, but compared to, like, rural. And then sometimes when, when people use it, it has a negative connotation to it. It was like, oh, that urban music, you know, when they try to, you know, do stuff on the charts, it was like, oh, the urban contemporary or urban. It's like, no, it's music. Mm. Don't don't try to, you know, box us out or, or exclude us from your charts because, you know, it's a mm. different type of music. But you know. No, I feel that. See, I think it's just with words, we have to do better. Mm-hmm. I always think like Words when I'm mean looking, things, they do mean stuff. And when I'm looking like in reference to your question with like the grants, mm. I always think, especially when I was not even in this role, mm. when I was writing grants, I went to a seminar one time and somebody was like, you need to think about who you're writing about mm. when you're applying for a grant with the people you're talking about. You serve mm. be accepting of what you're saying about them in this right. application, the way you're putting it, like we're helping, we're saving these mm. 
urban youth, right? The word that you right, hate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they probably don't consider themselves. They're probably not even viewing themselves that way, right? Mm-hmm. They're just human, right? They're yeah, human and they're in these environments. So it's you're right about that with that urban word. I didn't think about that. That's one of them too. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I mean, that was good. Some yeah. some way we'll get rid of that word. Now, um, <laughs> it really bothers you. I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, it kind of bothers. Me. It's 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 mostly with music that it mm-hmm. bothers me. It's like, you know, why why do you keep excluding us from things by putting this prefix on everything? Oh like, yeah, but, that's just them trying to be controlling. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, somebody like me, for example, right? Like I said, I have a lot of ideas, a lot of programs I want to do, a lot of things I want to institute. Now, how many grants can one person? Mm. Is it is it per project or like a certain amount per person that I can like I don't know if I'm phrasing you, it right you like, mean like, like 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 can I apply for more than one grant for different projects or are, are they gonna look at that like I suspicious activity kind of thing no so like for example you could probably come in I feel like with you based on what I know about you you could come in for like Reggie and mm. then you can go in for that sponsorship opportunity okay. that I talked about so it, you do what sucks is you do kind of have to choose between like Reggie and a project grant so the project mm. grant is more money like you get up to $15,000 okay. but it's also more competitive because you're competing with organizations and creative businesses that have been around for a long time. Mm. So artists don't tend to do as well in that category, like in that program. Okay. Whereas Reggie really was designed to support the artists. Mm-hmm. There's also the artist fellowship program. You can go in for that too. And that that's unrestricted dollars to just be an artist. Like, so if you mm. wanted to take the summer off, well, it's not that much money to take the summer off, yeah, but yeah. you know, take a month off to, I don't know, do whatever to support yourself as an artist and it doesn't have to be related to a project, you can get up to, I think it's like $5,000 for that program. And you can apply for that as well. So it just depends again on the type of grant you're applying for. Mm. So you could come in and you could do, you could apply for the artist fellowship. Mm. You can apply for Reggie and you can apply for a sponsorship. Okay. Because aside from this podcast, I had another program I was doing called the domino effect initiative, right? Where I was giving high school kids, Free that that want to do music free time in the studio like everything came on my pocket you just had to you, you had to meet a certain criteria where you had to get good grades no iss no suspension no mm. no absences or like maybe if you, it maybe if it's like a death in the family or you got sick but you had to have like a doctor's no you, you you just had to hit certain criteria and if you sign up you get free time in the studio now uh one kid that i helped he was a um a refugee from tanzania Mm-hmm. And he came in here, made two songs, and in school he was getting bullied. He was like missing school, this, this, that, and the third. He signed up for the program, found out that he can get free studio time, and then his grades started proving he graduated on time. Yes. So stuff it's like proven that. that it, listen, if if you give these kids some incentive, yes. they 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 just like I feel like a lot of times they just get like a pat on the butt, like hey, good job, but there's no right. like reward for it. I mean, as a, as a teenager, you you right. need that extra push. You need somebody to say, hey, I really like what you're doing. Stay on that straight and narrow. Here's a reward for your good work. A lot of times we just be like, hey, Keep you going. did it. Yeah, hey, you did it. Do it again. <laughs> what does that but even mean? But there's nothing. But, like, you know, yeah. shout out to my man, G, for helping me out, too. Yeah, I appreciate you. But um, where would that fall under? That would fall under the sponsorship or like the Reggie program? I would say the Reggie program because mm-hmm. Reggie is for community arts-based projects. That's a perfect example of a great, impactful community arts-based project. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, seriously, are you going to continue to do that? Um, If I get the grant, <laughs> you know, I can do it. But it coming out of my own pocket was becoming yeah. too much. That's why I stopped doing it. You know, hopefully, you know, this year I can get more schools involved because I had, I had to go talk to principals and, you know, I had to get permission slips and ask parents and this, They that, should the be funding that. The school should be funding that. I mean, it was kind of like... Uh, 
test project that I was doing. Like the, like the the first kid I did it with that I told you about, it was kind of like I just want to see where what I can do with you know the limited resources that I have type of thing. And he, you know, he came in here, made two songs, pretty good songs. He got an official engineer, you know, they mix and mastered. But that is something free. he's gonna remember for the rest of, rest his, of his life. Right. And now he's still making music every time. Exactly. He, every time he make a song, that? he sent you it to did. me. I mean, no, I'm yeah, seriously. Yeah. You're not gonna say that right, like look yeah, what yeah. I did, because that's not where you were coming from. Yeah, yeah. But it's just talking about impact for people who like need a mentor in their life. They yeah. need somebody to open that door. First of all, nobody is where they are in life without somebody opening a door. Exactly. Nobody's self-made. So a program that's self, like making other people, helping them show like their potential and what they can be. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you. You you have to continue that. We'll definitely be talking. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking. But I'm not gonna let it go. <laughs> Word. <laughs> now, have you seen a spike in like awareness since you've been there? Yes. Because like I said, I haven't seen I haven't heard of this shit before, you know. I yeah, you. absolutely. I've been working. Yeah, I, I see. I see you doing a lot of <laughs> interviews. You you out on the town, you you hosting stuff, you doing this, that, and the third. I see you out here spreading the word. Now, has it been more I guess urban people that that, that have <laughs> that found out about you hate. What other word are we going to use besides that? Um, us black people. Right? Like, have it ha, has it been more POC people that have found out about this program yeah. because of you? Yeah, that we, I I so I work. Um, so even though I'm an arts program manager, my specific initiative is for young creative professionals and young urban creative professionals. Mm. So my intent is to specifically reach audiences that are marginalized. Mm. So yeah, um, everybody that I, and I won't say everybody that I reach because it's, I do serve the state because I have reg, I have the other programs that serve everybody. It doesn't matter who you are and what you look like, but I've been very intentional with the work. I think mm. sometimes you, which has been, um, which has been interesting, the reception of if you're not in that field, right? Like the way, P, not that field, that's not what I'm trying to say, but within that group, right? Mm. Um, it's not as well received. I think at first people were like, this is government. I don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, this is, you know, because I come from an entertainment background. So mm. even bringing that field to the to government, it's not really done before. Mm. But I feel like if you're trying to reach people and be relevant, you have to reach them by what's going to reach them and touch them. And so... Yeah, my intent has always been to serve young creatives, professionals. So, yeah, that's what we see. We've definitely seen an, a super big increase. Okay, now what is your performing arts background? Oh, my gosh. I started off. your business. Yeah, I guess you can get a little bit of my business. I really started off as a writer. A writer. It was so crazy because my mom, she sent me this clip. Um, mm. Like that, a newspaper clip back yeah. when people used to read newspapers. Right, right. And she was like, you always been doing big things. So I guess mm. apparently when I was in fourth grade, I had got um, selected to read out of hundreds of kids to read my Memorial Day weekend mm. um, paper because it was so well written. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, I put it up. I was bragging yeah. because yeah, I was yeah. like, this is pretty amazing. So I've always been a writer. I've always been a creative writer. Mm. Um, so actually my... If you ask me what I am, I'll say I'm a writer first. Okay. Um, so I did that and then went into doing poetry and spoken word into songwriting. Mm. Um, and it was, at, listen, and this is why I think that your story is touching me so much. Mm. Because when I was 15, okay, ah, listen, this let's, is a story. Let's get into it. This oh, is a story. Adrian, Ms. Jefferson. All right, we'll get into it Jefferson. All right, so... I was, listen, I really was a good kid. Mm. I really was. But we all have issues when we're, you know, going through life and adolescence. Yeah, we had in a lot sense. that had been going on in my family. So, like, mm. my brother, he lived out in Baltimore. He ended up getting killed. My stepbrother mm. got killed. And I was very young. It was the first time I ever dealt with any type of death. Death. It was devastating. Like, close to you, death. Yeah, like that. Like, it was unreal. And what it did for, what it did to my family was tear us up, 
totally apart. Mm. And it was hard. And so for me, I I just started being a person I wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like lost. You know, I was always smart in, in school. But like once I got to high school, it was a wrap. I was like doing whatever I wanted to do. I was skipping class i was i mean i had boy my boyfriend i was just so distracted she sound like me <laughs> yeah listen i think we all have like a similar story like that yeah. i didn't know why i was doing that but that's just what i was doing i definitely wasn't going at that point down the right path right the only thing that saved me was music and there was somebody who came up to me it was a mentor who had um this program she started and she had put a poster in um, the high schools um, on the wall of the high school. And it said, like, poets want it. Mm. And um, I had just left. They had made me, because I was fighting at that time. They made me do anger mm. management. It was all this <laughs> crazy. And they were like, you have to find something. Find because this, got hands. I wa- Listen, no, I she really was just, it work, was a nigga. bad, well, it, yeah, it did at that point. Yeah. I had to make it work. I was being bullied, okay? Right. But, um. I had, I was just, it was just a dark period of time. I was right. say between the age of 13 and 15 was a very dark period of time for right. my, for me. And I had to do something because my mom was like, I don't know what to do with you. I'm about to send your ass to boot camp. Mm. You have to do something. Right. And then there was this flyer that said poets want it. And again, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. So I was like, let me get myself in this program. They said I have to do something. Mm. I did that and that was that changed that moment changed my life forever. I met someone who would end up being in my life for 15 years. I met some of my greatest friends through that program and then she, Clarissa Bayard Taylor, started the Writers Block Inc., mm. which is the organization I ended up being the executive director four years later. Word. So that's kind of how I got into it. But um, with the Writers Block, it started off with hip hop artists, so actors, dancers, poets, hip hop artists, mm. all who were like, we were young, very lost, many of us, like people with really terrible stories in the streets doing whatever. Mm. And we all came together to, to build something beautiful and do hip hop operas. And some of us would write the script, some of us would perform, dance, um, others would be like rapping and it was just this beautiful story of where we came from and what we what we went through as kids mm. uncensored too at that time uncensored wow we, at that time <laughs> so 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 they kind of let y'all have free range to get those i guess teenage emotions out the best way you knew how absolutely no restrictions like hey just just go yeah just, just go it. but it changed i ended up going to college because of it Oh, shit. If that didn't happen, because I found, I was like, this is my passion. Like when I hit the stage, I had always, again, I was writing scripts and stuff. I had never performed. So I was, I was performing as a poet. And when I hit the stage, mm. I knew I was like, no, I'm supposed to be like in, I, th- I thought I was supposed to be a performer, but I uh. really was supposed to be, I knew I was supposed to be in, in the arts. Right. I knew that. Like I just, something clicked. Mm. And ever since then I was like, I'm following my passion my purpose and that changed the way i looked at life the way i looked at the importance of school Mm. so i can get into a music program and i can get into a songwriting program yeah it changed everything for me now do you still do those things now do you still write scripts do you still write poetry do you still write songs i don't i don't write music as much as i would like i don't i don't dip into it as much as i would like to do don't tell me it's because of the job or some shit it well i'm a mom too Okay, so it's, we was just talking about when does your happiness come into play, I know, right? and okay, I'm so, talking to myself, too. So what makes so what makes yeah. Adrian happy, okay? So this so I imagine this is the type of job that once you clock out, it's not over type of thing. Right. So how does Adrian disconnect? Where's your happy place? <laughs> you sound like the you, same... You sound like all my friends. I'm just saying, like, how... Yeah. Okay, how do you relax? Like, yo, fuck this work. Fuck this, that, and the third. Block out the world. What makes Adrian... Calm, cool, collected. Writing. writing. I write and I writing and reading. And so I don't do it as much as I would like. Why? Because I'm always working. 
because I'm always trying to make other people's dreams come true. So I've so I've found that I I love as much as I used to. I love being a creative. I also mm. am just as passionate, if not more passionate, about empowering other people mm-hmm. and about giving other people a platform. So I feel like if I can help somebody do that, then maybe that's really what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've put that first. I've learned how to be more selfless opposed to making it about me. However, it's getting to a point where I am like, so I have projects now that I am starting to work on. Like I love producing. If Mm. you ask me what I love to do the most writing, producing content and being able to put out a good product that's going to impact people. Mm. So I'm working on some things that I want to release soon. So it's not like I'm not working on things for myself. I'm not working on things on the side. I'm not necessarily doing the songwriting like that anymore. I'm not doing like the, I don't write poetry like that. I do write though. Mm -hmm. So like more so working towards a book or, you know, writing so that I can have the content for a script for a show I'm about to do. So really looking more at that producing content because I I spent about eight years as a creative director in theater and I always wanted to move over to film Mm. and um, producing in that that realm. So I feel like now is the time to start to... To do that, so that actually, if you want to know what I love to do, that, that is what I love to do right now. You just, you just love to create. I'm a creator. Yeah, I'm probably right. like you. You could probably relate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that that's kind of like a like a love hate thing that I have with women, like this selflessness, mm. like because I like I watch my even even my kids, like I watch them just like help everyone else before themselves. I'm like, yo, you're, you're eight. Go, I, I, <laughs> I got you. Like you don't have to worry about me. They asking me how I'm doing, what I need. I'm like, yo. I'm the parent. Mm. Go do what you got to do. And then I watch my mother do stuff. I watch their mother do stuff. I'm like, yo, when do y'all like do self-care for y'all? Like everyone else is good. Mm. What about you? What about your well-being, your mental health, your physical health? Get some sleep, get something to eat, do something for you. I think black women do it a lot. Black, yo, black women. uh, We the truth. I can't find a word. Just black, just black girl, (laughs) like black Black girl women. It's just black women, dog. Like mm. it's, it's, I don't know. It's something about y'all that's just fucking. I can't put in the words. It's just so special that y'all just make everything like make sense, and y'all make everything right, and y'all just, I don't know. Y'all just make everything go. Mm. Yeah, like y'all, y'all like the oil to the machine. Y'all the, y'all the gear. Y'all that's just a make beautiful it go. thing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Like I don't, I don't know how. I, I think f- it's because we've always had to be that. <laughs> yeah, but mm, we yeah, have. you you have, but there has to be a point in time where it's like me i know and it's so hard it's so hard to to do that yeah I, yeah it is it really is when it you're really, used to being the one that's constantly y'all just used to be giving, a caregiver yeah, yeah y'all used nurturing to just get, we're nurturers, yes, nurturers you know what i mean naturally. we're gonna put everybody our, our man our kid definitely our kids yeah, our babies kids, yeah. before anything it comes it comes first mm. so you're but you're right that's crazy. I think, but I think we're in a day and age now where we are st- starting to learn or trying to learn ways to better take care of ourselves. Yeah, that's. that's I see more women doing that. More black um, women entrepreneurs. It's the most important thing. Yeah. So now, how did music change your life? I think just because of the fact that it took me out of a dark place and gave me an opportunity. Okay. And it, because honestly, if I didn't go to school for music, meaning I wouldn't have ended up in Miami, meaning I don't know if I would have had the same opportunities that I had mm. out here in Connecticut. Okay. I came back to Connecticut, mm. um, which is ironic. I came back for an opportunity. Mm. Um, and then now I'm here, like, able to create more opportunities. So I think it's pretty ironic. But I had to leave to to get a lot of the opportunities that I'm trying to give to people now. Mm. Um, so I feel like it just changed the entire scope of my life mm. with um, the path I was on. Okay. Now, you mentioned voting, right? Now, I would 
think that you would be talking to primarily like the people of color or like, you know, a certain age demographic where like like the 18 to whatever that just don't vote. Now, do you think we don't talk about voting because we don't see anything that benefits us or you just think that's something that we're just not into? I think it's two things. I think it's um, s- some people don't believe that voting actually like your vote counts. It doesn't. So why yeah. am I going to vote if it's you know, why waste my time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't count. And then I also think some people are not aware. They're not aware of um, what's going on. So they may be aware, for example, all the stuff that's going on with immigration. Right. Mm, but yeah. now you start putting words on it like immigration reform and all these policies, names and people are like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, how does this directly impact me? Right. Although it might because so and so that you knew from down the street just got deported and that was so and so best friend right, right? right so we need to have conversations without all those words that mm. are becoming a block because language is a block and i Definitely. think that's why people aren't necessarily as into um understanding voting they mm. don't think it's for them and some people just don't like politics right because every politician yeah. is is not really crooked for, yeah they're you know, crooked they just, yeah. but i think Out my thing self. is and what i've learned about being in this role mm. which i'm telling you you don't understand i was so anti-government Mm. I, I mean, I never wanted to work. I never. Yeah, but you now kind of just fell into I it. I so. really fell into it. But I see now from being on the inside and I'm not a politician. I'm just in state government. Mm-hmm. I see that in order to really make impact, you need to be able to change policy. And the only way to change policy is to be able to understand what that means, what that looks like, mm. you know, understanding the different ways that people communicate, people talk and people think so that you can really make a change. It's not going to always be grassroots Mm. now do you try to instill some of these same values that you have in your daughter like how do you balance like professional life and mom life Uh, yeah that's my baby so like (laughs) she's just gonna come first regardless Uh but it was um it was very hard to be honest at first because i've always been a career woman like Mm. i've always been career oriented i remember when i was 26 i got pregnant when i was 25 i had her at 26 Mm. and people were like my mom was like, everybody's asking, are you happy about this? Right. Because I was just that girl you who just, like. Just, pe- just straight driven. Yeah. Everybody was all, no, she's going to do this. She's going to do that. She happy. Did you ever want to have kids? Eventually. I didn't want to have like it you, at that time. Like you was the one that was like, yo, I'll have kids someday. But for now, I'm just going to work and travel the world. Yeah. And that, that was the plan. I was just going to do me. Right. At that time. I mean, I was young. I was living in Miami. At that yeah. time, I was an admissions counselor. Whew, yeah. I had just left my creative directing job to take a real job. Because right, at that right. time, you know. <laughs> Um, so I had a first real salary job and then mm. a couple of years and I get pregnant mm. and I was like, I was shocked. I took like, like six pregnancy tests because I didn't believe the first yeah, one. Yeah, damn. I think the first one was like, I, well, yeah, I was, sh- I was so shocked. <laughs> right. Like four, you got to be like, no, yeah. <laughs> like, yo, come on, man. No, <laughs> like, tests and then went to the doctor and they were like, yeah, you're definitely, you know, <laughs> you went, went to, to the, the doctor. Do- because I just oh. was shocked and I wasn't expecting it. You know, you have things planned out like, <laughs> so you know. So a man and a woman love each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it took some convincing. But mm. but I will say um, when I realized when it sunk in, it was first of all, it was no way I was not keeping my daughter because right. I was at a point where I was stable. Mm-hmm. I was like, everything was fine. So I'm like, why wouldn't I? Right, right. I did not know I, what I was getting myself into. Yeah. That first year. Oh, my gosh. It was a transition for me. Yeah. I was, it was hard because I was home. And I wasn't used to being home. And you got to first. You you went from being all about you to all about being about another life. Another life. You who you, you go second now. Yeah. You are second priority, and that's fucked up. When you got to become second priority 
of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. It's, it's, it's definitely a trans. It was a. Tra- I'm not even gonna lie because I feel like when mm. people have, especially women, they don't like to talk about this. Right. And they're like, okay, you have a baby, and oh, I love my. Ba-. Yes, you love your. You kids. love your child. Yeah. We know that, but let's be real about that transition mm. and about how you feel when you first become a mom. Yeah. It's not all rainbows and skittles. It nah. really is terrifying and it changes your life and you're like what the hell did I get myself into Mm. sometimes but like when I got through that first year once my daughter was one Mm. I was like okay I I got got this this." I got this and there was times I feel like there's been times and I feel like I'm trying to make it up now right but there's Mm. been times when because as soon at one I jumped right back into that's when I came back to Connecticut when my daughter was one Mm. I started going back and forth snowboarding between Miami and um, Connecticut Mm. doing the creative directing thing again I was like I gotta make this work now like Mm. for us but there were definitely times where I say my career came before my daughter Mm. and it wasn't on purpose of course but it it did, and yeah. I feel like now I'm making that up. Yeah, I don't think that I, I don't think that happens with men enough. Where it's like their whole life change. I mean, I I see you know how women change. You know, you carry something for nine, ten months. You know, it comes out. You look at it like, oh my god, I carried this. this is the most beautiful thing ever. But like when my daughter was born, like the whole time their mother was pregnant, I was like, yo, I don't think I'm ready. I don't mm. think I want this baby. I don't think this, that, and the third. But mm. then when she comes out and you look at little you, you look at this spin image, you're <laughs> like, you. yo, like, yo. <laughs> hey, little you. I will die for this little girl. <laughs> like, like I, yo, I got to do everything in my power to make sure that she had a way better life than I had. Now, how did being a mom change your motivation? Because you went from, because you had one plan and somebody threw a fucking a wrench in that. Now you got to, you know. Now you hit that fork in the road. Now, now you're just like, all right, so I, I can't have the same motivation, like the exact same drive I had when I wasn't a mm-hmm. mom. Now that I'm a mom, I got to kind of curtail this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that change your motivation? She actually motivates me more. Mm-hmm. My daughter, um, there was a time in my life where I definitely felt, I wasn't necessarily depressed, but real lonely. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, when she came along, what she offered me was just an unconditional love I've never felt before. You right. know what I mean? Like that love I have from her. Mm-hmm. And also like curved that loneliness. And so like I'm so appreciative for my daughter. Also, she's like super wise. Six mm-hmm. years old and she'd be telling me about myself. And it's just it shocks <laughs> me. But um you just haven't been here yeah, before. That's what it I'm not gonna she lie. Been here before. That's what it feels like. But she um she motivates me more because I know that first of all, I want my daughter to really have a positive image of me i mm. want her to be able to see what she can do as a woman when she's older like what she can accomplish what she can achieve actually now like i want her to be an entrepreneur now we're talking about different no. stores and stuff she can create but i just want to be able to be Get that like YouTube. i know she was talking about that today she was in the car Get she her. said mommy when are we doing my youtube channel i was literally like, before i got yes, here <laughs> my daughter was actually like daddy can we edit some minecraft videos yeah. i was like <laughs> We can't do that right now. I mean, because me and her have made videos, but I haven't had time to actually sit down and chop them up and shit. But she's like, every time she comes to my house, daddy, daddy, can we make more videos? Can we chop this up? Can we do this? Do that? I'm like, I got to get her own shit and like have her like just do something that she can just upload herself. Especially once we start seeing like talent in them and things that they show interest in. The highest paid YouTubers are under 10. I know. um, Ryan's toy review. That kid makes millions. All the fuck they do is open toys. (laughs) They open toys. They play with toys. They give little. These kids love it. PS reviews on toys. I'm like, yo. And they're like millionaires. I'm like, yo. Listen, these kids love it. Can you do this? I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at my daughter like, yo, can you do this? And she's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Gotta find something else. 
can you do can you do this make this work like, yo can you do this can you act can you can you can you put you know inflection in Wait, your voice can you can you accentuate words can you can you speak clearly can you do this and i'm like if you can do this shit, we'd be fucking listen rich. youtube is not for everybody all right, so play with this like Play-Doh and then tell me something about it. <laughs> tell me something cool about it. And then she, That's I'm like, so funny. My yeah, daughter, don't she's work. on this ain't it. Her. She really wants to, yeah, she's yeah. been talking about that. But I feel like, too, like, I'm like, I don't know, because we did try a few videos and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if this is your thing, boo. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but she's actually, my daughter is crea- a creative person. So she can, like, make yeah, music. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, so right after, takes yeah, after she, you. Yeah, she, like, she'll, um, what the hell is the thing that she plays with? I don't, I don't know, but she, like, make something like like she'll make characters and she'll cut up her own videos and it's like a 20 second clip where she'll add music she'll add cutscenes, she'll add text and i'll be looking at like yo you did that and she'll be like yeah <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> i'll be looking at like yo you kind of you can I, I i see where you get it from you you kind of like little me i get it now you know she she likes to write now now she's getting into drawing so now i mean I, and even i, appreciate this, I mean that. i know they're not in the studio right now but mm. even this right yeah. she sees you doing this yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if she gets into like producing yeah if she was like oh, i get to come with you to the studio i was like yeah baby but you can't be on the mic she's like oh, okay i just want to come <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right cool well whatever but, but you have two right two just those two yeah yeah you want more i always i i've always liked a big family i've i've come from a big family so i've always liked a lot of like cousins mm-hmm. and like you know aunts and uncles and big cookouts and shit like that so you know so i gotta get with somebody and they gotta let me borrow the uterus so you know <laughs> so so whoever so whoever ends up with me just just be prepared to spit out at least that's like, too much at least two more can you stop at least two like you just want to borrow the uterus yeah just borrow forget the relationship no i mean we can we can have something <laughs> we can we marriage and all that stuff i want to i want to get married and you know stop dealing with people <laughs> so situationship. Yeah, I, I hate this shit. I, like, like, then why are you doing it? Because clearly you're still well, doing no, it. Well, no, I'm like dating around, but I'm not like. I feel it's, like it's, it's a lonely thing too, but it's also like yeah, that's true. Who I'm wants to trying to find, but then you like, when do you let go and let God type of thing? Hmm. I don't know. It's 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 hard out here. It's a lot of you can see why they single type women out here. Like it's a lot of a lot of duds out here. So, okay, when you are in a situation and you're dating and right. then you realize that that person is not the one, why do you keep dating that person? Like, I don't understand. Because it's either a comfortability or just to have something around. Like, it's better it's better to have something than nothing. It's, it's, it's better to have something I don't want around than just to have nothing. Like, there's nothing like like that sense of loneliness or just the fact of just... Like, cause some people just hate being alone. They just hate having no one to talk to, to bounce ideas off of, whatever the case may be. It's just better to have something than nothing. I don't know. It, but if it's at a point where it gives you like stress and anxiety and headaches and shit, then like, all right, it's time to let that go. But it's like if it's just around, but you just don't want it. But then it could be it could be preventing you from finding something substantial, something that's actually meant for you. That's that's the thing. Like, when do you know to let go and let God? But what if you let go now? Then God don't send you another sign for like seven years. Well, now I you don't just... think that would happen. Oh, but... it's happened. Really? <laughs> it's, it's. I'm telling you, a lot of our aunts and you know mothers and grandmothers done you know mess with some trifling dudes and then they just broke up and then you just never seen it with nobody else. That's them just letting go and let God. But God sent all this shit to the but spam then you folder. With somebody who you know you. Ain't go marry, but that person could be going out finding who is really meant for her. So that's not doing her. But mentally, you don't take it serious. It's like it's better uh, to have something. The, okay, 
It, I don't know. I just think that, well, I under, I do understand not wanting to be alone. So what other type of programs oh, do you guys offer? Oh, that was off record, right? Yeah, that was all off okay, record. I'm all believing that shit out. That's for my personal archive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what other type of programs do you have or do you provide with, through the Connecticut Office of the Arts? We have, I mean, there's stuff that I don't know if it would be for this audience. But you just put it out there. You never know who's listening. I never know who's listening. Okay, I'm also over this program called Poetry Out Loud. It's a national. One of my former co-hosts used to be a poet. Ah. Yeah, but I don't talk to her no more. Okay. You used to like date her too? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What do I think you? Yo, I like the bow. I like the shots, (laughs) me. Um, so it's a national recitation program okay. um, funded by the National Endowment for the Arts, who mm. also funds the Office of the Arts. And that program allows for high school students to learn poetry. Um, it's not their own. It's mm. American literature poetry, but they make it their own. Okay. They interpret the poet and the poetry and then they perform it mm. um, and through their own interpretation. And it's a major contest that happens all over the world we do it statewide and then we send one person to nationals in washington dc and even that program honestly the it's just seeing the kids go through the program many of them having no self-esteem whatsoever many of them never have touching a mic a stage and most of them are not even poets they're not interested and Mm. then they go through the program and they're super interested um what that does for them is incredible it's more that program is more so about the journey Okay. that these kids go through so yeah there's that and then we have and we're really grant makers so like all these grant programs we were talking about earlier mm. um and then um and then i do a lot of programs that are professional development so we do a lot of professional development outside okay. of the stuff i do all my colleagues have professional development for like teaching artists or arts education or public art or visual artists we do we do some of everything Okay. Now you said kids when you mentioned the, when you mentioned the poetry thing so there's an age gap so this is like what between 14 or 13 and 19 or 18 or what's the um so poetry out loud is high school high school okay yeah and and what we do is we partner with so the connecticut schools will sign up and they do it in their classrooms and we assign them teaching artists Mm. so we hire so if you were a poet like i would Mm. hire you to go Mm. and work in the schools with the teachers to help better enhance that that child's experience okay so the older people would be hired as more as consultants Mm -hmm. rather than actual okay got you boom all right which is another way but i like that program too because we're able to employ okay yeah so how many people have you employed with this with these programs roughly you know i really have to you're gonna make me have to do the stats on that for when i leave okay (laughs) so but honestly i guess a lot yeah i get I give a lot of opportunities, but I don't even realize I'm doing it because it's just kind of part of, you know, the nature of the beast. Mm. Okay. All right. So that's pretty much everything I have. Okay. Did, I'm like, please it, don't ask me. I don't no, want to ever sound like I'm bragging. No, no, no. Is there, is there anything that you want to add? Anything that you felt I missed? Anything that, you know, you no, that I'm appreciative upon? of this actually. And getting mm. to know you more. This mm. is dope. Like, mm. Yeah, you got the questions. Yeah, your research skills is crazy. I've been doing this for a while. Because I don't know where you got that whole thing about the foundation. You got to look, man. <laughs> I like I, I fell into the interviewing thing just like you fell in the government. I, I started a podcast just so I could talk shit about different subjects. Then I got the bug of, you know, oh, I, matter of fact, I got advice from somebody like, oh, if you want to reach, you know, a broader audience, you got to have guests on that hopefully you can snag some of their, like, supporters or fans. And when someone comes on the show, you got to have stuff to ask them. Mm-hmm. So didn't go to school for journalism self-taught 
I ask questions. <laughs> you do great. A, thank you. This Appreciate is it. this is this is really great. I, yeah, I got your research <clears throat> skills is crazy. Cause I'm like, where did I put that out at? You must have seen my interview with um. Did you see another interview? Shh, we're not gonna give up the. Okay, secrets. my bad. All right, <clears throat> you gonna tell me when we get off this um off record? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I appreciate you for having me, though. No problem. Thank you for coming. Uh, so where can people reach you? Where can people apply for grants? Where can people just, I guess, get in touch with you if they need to? Email, Instagrams, or... Yeah, I would say the best way to reach me is um, Instagram or um, through my government email. So mm. my government email is adrian.jefferson at ct.gov. So that's adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N-E, mm. Jefferson at ct.gov. And then my Instagram, Adrian V Jefferson. That's that's what it is, Adrian. Yeah. And that's long as hell. Gotta, I have to change that. Gotta condense that. I know. I was telling um Brianna, shout out to Brianna. I was telling her, I was like, I gotta change my Instagram. She's like, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's A V so long. Yeah, that long. would be better. But it's um Adrian A D R I A N E V Jefferson. Okay. <laughs> all right. So appreciate you for coming. Appreciate you for giving all those gems out. Appreciate you for making hey, that ride. Anytime. Anytime. Yo, G, my kids out there. <laughs> you gotta no, 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 because I want to be able to do my intro the way I, my, I mean, my outro the way I want to do it without them hearing it. All right, so one thing's for certain we're too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's Adrian Jefferson. I'm so done. <laughs> and we out of here. <laughs> I'm so done with you. Domino, motherfucker, what's happening? <laughs>